okay we're now live hi this is Elliot Fishman welcome to Facebook live it's the 11th of January hope everybody's doing well I got a jacket on it's actually really chilly I uh, it's I don't know why it's so chilly but um, it's winter next week I know it's gonna be really chilly I think it's down to not single digits on the East Coast but in like the 11 12 13 those numbers hope everyone's doing well um, a lot of people are out sick, you know, COVID and other things. And so, in fact, Hopkins announced this morning, and this is probably many places around on the East Coast, it's true, particularly in New York, that starting tomorrow, we're going to have to wear masks in public areas. So in your office, obviously in the lab, perhaps you don't need to wear a mask, but uh, everywhere else, we're back to the masking. Uh, they say it's only temporary till all of these infections go away but I guess temporary probably means next two months you know till March and probably worst case till April I hope all of you who are feeling okay stay okay and I hope those of you who are feeling a bit under the weather feel better um, so today's talk is going to be and first let me say hi to John Biakino who's home today um, and Rich did bring me the films uh, but anyway um, we're going to talk about GU emergencies. So one of the biggest things, of course, in what we do, all of us, is ER setting or the acute setting with all sorts of symptoms. So let's think about GU emergencies. So let's start top down, adrenal. What emergencies are there? Well, patients could have adrenal bleeds. That's probably the most classic one. Adrenal bleeds are more common from trauma more commonly in the right adrenal associated with uh, liver and renal injury very commonly. Um, so you can have an adrenal bleed, patients on anticoagulant therapy, patients who are hypotensive. So adrenal bleed is something to think about, but most commonly in the non-trauma setting, it's gonna be due to anticoagulant therapy. Number two, the kidney. What do we think about in the kidney? Obviously. I'm not going to speak about the acute abdomen, focusing on trauma. That's like a whole different story. We could do that a different time. But the kidney, you think about most commonly infection, infarction. On CT, infection can be variable in appearance. Kidney may be large. There may be perirenal stranding. The enhancement of the kidney may be decreased. It may be focal, may be diffuse, may be unilateral, may be bilateral tends to be fl fluffy, not sharply marginated. It can be seen typically in all phases, but probably at late venous or early, or early delayed phase, it's probably the best time to see it. Occasionally, and it's rare, you will not see the uh, infection, acute polynephritis on arterial phase imaging. I have a couple cases like that but it's pretty, pretty uncommon. Most of the time you're gonna see it on all phases with variable, uh, maybe one shows better than the other, but sometimes that's really unpredictable, which is best. So we talk about this infection. We can, of course, go from infection to abscess. We can go to unusual infections like XGP, big kidney, decreased function, typically staghorn calculus. You can go to TB for infection, but usually it's not acute. TB causes small kidney, a putty kidney with calcification, strictures in the kidney. 
But acute pyelonephritis most commonly E. coli. Uh, patients who are immunosuppressed more likely to get infections with other organisms. But E. coli is the classic. And again, as I said, big kidney, changes in enhancement, perirenal involvement, bilateral or unilateral is gonna be the case. We also can see infarction, patients with endocarditis. Renal infarcts tend to be sharply marginated. They can be focal, multiple, or global. They can be unilateral, usually, or bilateral. Patients with global infarction, the entire kidney may show lack of perfusion. You may see a thrombus in the renal artery. If you're thinking about infection infarction, it's good to have arterial phase imaging because that's the best phase for looking at the renal arteries and there you may see the areas of occlusion. So that becomes very important. So there's a lot of things we can think about in terms of infection. You also could talk about really bad infection, emphysematous, polynephritis, where there's air replacing the kidney, there's destruction, surgical emergency, high morbidity, high mortality. We then think about the ureters. The ureters can be abnormal, they can be thickened and inflamed. They can have ascending infection or descending infection. So one of the most common things you'll think about, of course, is when you see a thickened ureter, you could say, well, could this be transitional cell carcinoma? But TCC usually is focal, then there's obstruction when there's thickening. With um, infection, the entire ureter, usually top to bottom, is going to be infected. Now, I don't know how I got those bubbles. I did this with my hand. I don't know how I got bubbles, hmm, balloons. Anyway, what can I say? That was not intentional, I promise. And I couldn't do it again if I tried. Anyway, um, so we look, we think about the ureters and they're thickened, okay? What else can you think about the ureter strictures from inflammation? That's always a possibility. The next thing I'll think about is the bladder. What do we think about? Cystitis, bladder wall is thickened, sometimes symmetrically, sometimes asymmetrically. If the bladder is not distended, you gotta be really careful. You'll overcall infection all the time or can't rule out infection. I see that often on some of the preliminary reports. People say, wonder about cystitis, but cystitis is not all that common, though it's not uncommon, but I like to see real thickening, not just the fact the bladder is not well distended. The spectrum, you can get emphysematous cystitis with air in the bladder wall, again, like emphysematous uh, polynephritis. Uh, patients are typically sick, nursing home patients, patients with multiple comorbidities, again, a problem with high morbidity and high mortality. In terms of the bladder, other things you can think about from inflammation, fistulous tracts between colon and bladder, most commonly due to diverticulitis. So a fistula can occur, present with cystitis or irregularity of the bladder wall. Look for a fistula. You can have fistulas from instrumentation. You can have fistulas for surgery. The classic colovesical fistula, number one cause is diverticulitis. Number two is Crohn's or appendicitis. So you can take your pick there. So those are the common things we think about in terms of infection. Um, ideally, multi-phase acquisition. I think you surely need an early phase. I would prefer going about 35 seconds and then a delayed phase. Delayed phase always includes kidneys, ureters, and bladder. Delayed phase at about five minutes works out very nicely. Uh, you'll see excretion of contrast, so if it's delayed excretion, you'll see that as well. But you'll be able to recognize 
presence of infection, infarction. I did not talk about tumors. Tumors can present with all sorts of symptoms in the acute stage. You can see hemorrhage into tumors. I should mention hemorrhage. You can have AV malformations in the kidney. You can have that from trauma, from biopsies, or just congenital. So that can bleed and that can be a problem for you as well. So that's something to think about. Again, one reason I like early phase imaging is the ability to see any vascular abnormalities, whether it's aneurysms or pseudoaneurysms, whether it's FMD, whether it's thrombi, whether it's fistulization, whatever you wanna see, I think we'll be able to, uh, to see that. So I think that's probably a good way of thinking about it. In terms of looking at the images, you look at the axials, you must look at the coronals, that's mandatory. Sagittals can be very helpful as well, but coronals are particularly helpful. And then I will say things like volume rendering are really good. MIP imaging is particularly good if you're looking at the ureter, and I talk about that in my talk on uh, ureteral cancer, that you may not see things. We can look at the ureters and the calyces, looking for things like papillary necrosis. Those things you're gonna see best on the MIP imaging. You can easily miss them if you only look at soft tissue imaging, so that becomes very important. And I think I've given you a whole bunch of things to think about, things you should consider. You could read more about it in some of our articles and some of our talks. And with that, I wish everybody a great day and stay well and be careful. Bye, guys.